1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money on Rob Black, talking money, investing, and much, much more. Let's talk about it. Yesterday, it was a whoosh down. It was a day that got worse and worse and worse. VIX is creeping higher. That's what I'm really watching right now. Sometimes you get that capitulation its when people give up. We're not quite there yet, which is the like, thing that stinks. And to be honest with you, I'd like to see a little bit more down panic and not a quick automatic recovery, if that makes any sense at all. like We need to take a little bit more pain for the way our government spends money and the way our treasury um, helps us to ourselves in winning positions financial engineering things so yesterday the CEO VIX hit a number of 32.46 it hit a high of 33.39 if we can get it up to 35 36 37 38 that's like when true fear hits the market it's a weird thing to say but you need people to give up I keep going back to that story and it, again I lost a friend last year because she got really cocky and arrogant and Kind of started referring to me as hey, I, I do what you do. I'm like, what do you mean? You're a house. No, you've got kind of a daughter, you're taken care of. You don't file taxes based on it, kind of thing. Like, and she heard me say that and she got really upset. Well, she's out of the market now, she's been stomped out. Markets turned on her, it's no longer easy money. We need more of that. I'm sure you know some people who have gotten a little bit ahead of themselves. So we look like could that happen today, it tends to happen like on a Friday, believe it or not, and then over the weekend we kind of get sober and start thinking about things but I'm not predicting that I don't know. I'm just gonna go with what the numbers give us. Yesterday Nasdaq lost 5% that's a big day. If we have 19 more days like that we will be near zero right. Not quite, but you get the idea. The S and P five hundred down three and a half percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down three percent. After booming on Wednesday, when the Fed said, "You know, we're not going to do any of those seventy five basis rate hikes," everything went. Oh, but there is still that issue, isn't there? There's inflation everywhere. Um, and that's what we're fighting right now. Until those numbers come down, and they don't come down very quickly, it's going to be a struggle. Bitcoin and other major cryptos like Ethereum tumbled in the aftermath of the fund, had fund announcement yesterday, uh, Wednesday. They're typically tracked the performance of growth stocks, So the same mentality of let's get in and make money of companies like Apple and Microsoft and Google is the same mindset people must be bringing to crypto. Interesting, right? The online shopping industry is experiencing more 52 lows. Um, the pandemic-fueled boom has faded and customers are returning to physical stores. Many large e-commerce retailers are reporting lower sales. So we did, very much so, change our habits. But old habits die slowly. And when we could go back to stores, we did go back to stores. Wayfair, their shares cratered 26% yesterday after announcing its active customer count, dropped 23%, Bed Bath Beyond reported 18% nosedive and nosedive in online sales. Etsy seen eBay shares are both uh, dropping double digits yesterday after giving weak guidance. Amazon's the canary in the coal mine right now, sending out a warning sign that shoppers are logging off. It's worthy of note. We're changing our habits. We're going back to old habits. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a good thing. It's just, it is. White House is getting a new press secretary. Um, Jin Sakai will be in the role until May 13th, trying to communicate the president's policies. I think it's actually a pretty important role for America, because if they do a good job, you kind of get the feeling of, I know where we're going The FDA said that Johnson Johnson's COVID 19 vaccine should only be used by adults for whom it's a last resort. Oh boy, that's the one that I got, the first one. Study the risk of a rare but life threatening blood clots. Johnson Johnson's one shot vaccine is already a much less popular option. About 17 million people received that shot compared with over 202 million who received Moderna's two doses and Pfizer's. Interesting. After 21 years in Chicago, the plane manufacturer, Boeing, has jumped from Seattle to Chicago. Now they're moving to what I think makes the most sense, Arlington, Virginia. You, The airline industry making airliners. It's very, very political. And being closer to Europe makes much more sense. We'll see. But uh, Boeing's kind of had some problems, right? The 737 max has now been followed by the 777 delays. I don't know. Do you see the list of people who are going to be buying Twitter along with Elon Musk? Prince Al-Walid bin Talal. That's going to throw in 1.9 billion. He's a Saudi royal who we haven't talked about in, I don't think I've seen his new name in investments in five or seven years. It's been a long time. He's one of those high rulers who buys into the tech storyline. So he's thrown down 1.9 billion. Larry Ellison's thrown down one billion dollars. Ellison already has a stake in Tesla worth about 14 billion. Sequoia Capital thrown down 800 million dollars. Sequoia Capital is a big investor in Elon Musk's SpaceX. Andreessen Horowitz, throwing down $400 Ben Horowitz, a general partner at the Buzzy firm, said, we believe in Elon's brilliance to finally make Twitter what it was meant to be. I do like the idea that Elon says, I'm going to go in for three years, take the company private, and then I'm going to return to the public markets. Probably just interesting. The whole abortion debate that's raging across the country right now, well, Wall Street has their own little take on it about how the industry is going to shift to uh, pills. And you're, you're seeing investors line up in investments behind that. It's crazy how the headlines crash into Wall Street. Rising rates after the April jobs report keep running interference with the stock market. The 10-year treasury is just, it's not turned into a problem, but it's moved far and fast. And you're like, oh, last time I looked at you, you were a little baby. At one and a half percent, but now you're at 3.1 percent. So it's worthy of note. Yesterday, there was no place to hide. The market is revaluing itself based on the higher interest rates, period. And you're watching it in real time, very much so like sausage making. I'm not sure you want to mix your tax consequences with your investment decisions. It's part of it for sure, but I don't know how comfortable are you right now. I'm pretty comfortable. The unemployment rate sits at 3.6 percent. That's out there today. I'm forced to chew on it. digest. just find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show.
2: I'm Rob Black talking with CFP Chad Burton. He and I have worked together in radio and media for 20 plus years. He's the best financial planner I've ever, ever, ever met. And it's just his knowledge really boils it down nicely. And he communicates the content great. Doesn't mean he's the best financial planner ever, but he's really good at communicating financial planning issues. And it's always a joy to have you on the air with me. We're talking a little war, inflation, disease, inflation on retirees portfolios. I say on air, I used to need X for retirement. When you add a kid, it's X plus 50%. When you add a spouse, it's another compounding number on top of it but inflation is just a weird one for me chad and let's talk a little bit more as we you know continue to get through this content here of uh what retirement's going to look like and how it may be changed in 2022 will i be able to age in place do i need to change anything on my estate planning assumptions should i not have quit my job and i didn't quit my job but a lot of retirees did quit their job during um covid and now they're starting to say you know oh, i did that a little too early that's unretire what are you seeing right now
3: yeah i think we saw that in some of the job numbers i think there was a, a return of work by quite a few retirees in the last number if i remember correctly
2: yeah, it's like two to three uh, percent people who retired have unretired people who have quit have now called hr which is great because you can get probably a pay raise for coming back to work but then that's also creating workplace tension, they're saying, because the new employees are asking for more money and the employees that stayed through are still set at their set salary. And I don't know, complicated times, Chad.
3: It is. There's a ton of wage inflation um, between trying to find good people and resetting wages and things like that. That That's a huge issue across almost every single industry right now. And so that's that's, you know, we were talking about this a year ago. When the federal reserve was still trying to oh i think this is just transitory and i was like i don't think this is transitory because the wage inflation is real and that sticks right once wages go up it sets that new bar that that sticks and then profit margins adjust and in order for profit margins to stay the same companies increase prices
2: and just to give it a real life example of that when i was probably 18 years old i could remember gasoline was like a buck 25 sometimes during the summer. It's mm-hmm. never gone all that way back down. So you, transitory means it's moving up for sure, but it doesn't move all the way back down, whether it's gas, whether it's food, um, you know, energy cost. We may just be in for a higher cost of everything, maybe not seven percent, but it rarely does it roll back down to to even Steven.
3: Yeah. Well, we get we'll get a year from now, and then the comparables are gonna get a lot tougher in terms of how much did inflation go up because you're start you you are always comparing this quarter to the same period last year this year to the previous year. Right. And, and so 12 months in, you're going to get lower numbers anyways. And it's a really interesting situation because during COVID there were so many dollars that were chasing goods when most dollars were kind of chasing services. Okay. And so there's all this stimulus money that got pushed out there. There was just about every single business out there that did a PPP loan because they thought business was going to be in the toilet. So all of a sudden, you get the PPP loan a couple months later realizes that, you know what, unless you're hotel restaurant, travel, leisure, kind of a thing. Most businesses I know have had the best two years, the last two years in a row. And so you, you can think of all these business owners that got a ton of tax free money that they either use to expand their business and buy new, you know, large capital goods to, to expand their business, buy other businesses, or they just took the money home and bought a new RV. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, There's a ton of money that's out there. It's this velocity of money that's flowing through the system. That'll take another year or so to get, get through. And then it, and then it's not going to be there. So you won't see as much, I think, chasing the good side of it. Um, If you just look at the increase in the cost of cars and automobile uh, cars and uh, RVs and, you know, ATVs and things like that, that, that's not going to continue the boating market, especially it's just huge increases in prices. So between uh, not as much cash out there, and then the demanded uh, destruction from higher prices um, and less, uh, just less overall demand, I think we'll start to see it calm down a bit. But I don't think we're going to see 2.25% for the next 10 years. I think it's going to be a little higher, and that's okay because I'm not worried about stocks, Rob. I'm never really worried about stocks. Okay. Right. Okay. If you look at most rising rate environments, stocks still do well. And so you have to pay a little bit more attention to, uh, to quality. Most people have been drastically overweight in large cap growth, which has been expensive for a couple of years now. So they need to make sure they have that value exposure, small cap exposure. There's going to be a time to move more eventually into like European stocks, which are much cheaper. Um, Did you see that story about uh, Jeffrey Gunlock?
2: No. What do you say?
3: So, you know, he's, he is, Really, basically saying, and you know, for those that don't know, Gunlock, once Bill Gross kind of lost it, he is considered the new bond king. Uh, pretty smart guy, and he's he sees it, it's going to be probably a tough time for the Federal Reserve to create that soft landing that they want to create. Um, but he recently bought European stocks for the first time in 13 years. I think it's uh, fair but,
2: to say, Chad, that my portfolio that I manage myself overweight large cap tech names. Mm-hmm. Portfolio that EP Wealth manages for me is more diversified and more value oriented. Again, saying that even the best of the best, and even the best of us is a better way of saying that get caught up in being shifted in the wrong direction.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's it's like the time to overweight isn't now, but if you look at the fundamentals and just even the dividend yield of EFA ETF versus SPY US. You know, SP 500 ETF dividend yield is higher overseas, P ratios are lower. Um, and prior to the Russian invasion, the revenue growth is probably looking a little bit stronger, but now they got all the oil issues and the inflationary issues to deal with. But if that subsides, that's going to be a really, really good value play. Interesting, because I brought up a story you just talked about
2: boat inflation and you slipped in the phrase boat inflation. I'm coming back to that. Um, You know, you can get some uh, yachts pretty cheap right now that have some, you know, Russian (laughs) writing in the 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 manuals.
3: (laughs) I didn't think about that.
2: I can see, I can see chat on a mega yacht.
3: (laughs) It's my last kids out of high school. Yeah, you're going to see me bouncing all over the the world working remotely. It's so easy now. Working Um, remotely—that's an interesting one to talk about for
2: just a moment or two. Uh, How does that trend play out with your clientele as financial planning goes?
3: Well, I mean, I used to, you know, having an office in Vancouver, Washington, near Portland, and then the Bay Area, I used to pop back and forth, gosh, every couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And between traffic issues, and then the idea that when I work, I have four screens going um, with all of the different financial planning software, the investment uh, uh, reporting software, and all the stuff that we use. And in terms of, reviews and how we get things done it's a lot easier now where the client doesn't have to drive to minutes to an hour in traffic even if they're going 15 miles mm-hmm. and it's just it's just more it's easier to do reviews you still have to have that face time and you know see each other in person once in a while but it, it it's made it a lot easier to get stuff done and a little bit more productive I would say in terms of meetings are you able to uh, do everything
2: that you need to on a zoom meeting with like Monte Carlo simulations and
3: no oh, way way ex- easier way easier okay yeah because if i'm sitting in a conference room with a laptop projecting onto maybe one screen it it's a little tougher to flip back and forth to all the different screens that i need so yeah it's, i'd say it's a lot easier on zoom and then in terms of working remotely i mean there's all sorts of really cool stuff too i have two espresso screens that i travel with which are they're thinner than a laptop and they've got this thing that flips out. It's my all magnetic, all magnetic. So I can sit there and all of a sudden set up a three screen workstation in seconds. Um, and that's really nice. So if I travel somewhere, it's like I'm still in my office. It's interesting how quickly we all got used to it. Like I bought a second microphone
2: so I could travel and uh, do a radio show podcast anywhere. So I hear you on that. What Just else do we, we need what- to hit? Whoops, Go ahead.
3: I was just going to just open it up because, you know, we spent all these years building a business. So got into it when I was 19, had kids young, never really traveled much. And so now being able to work remotely also allows me to travel when I, you know, wouldn't have been able to except for a couple weeks a year. Um, and the way that I've seen people progress through retirement, Rob, yeah, it's changed my entire view of how I want to retire and what I want to do now versus in retirement. How so? And it, well, it's because of those unexpected health issues. I've seen so many people retire and within a couple of years of retirement, they have some sort of a major health event or they're just not healthy and they can't do the things you want to do when you think about retirement. So I personally would rather delay my retirement and do a lot of those things now, make those memories with my kids while they still can travel with me and don't have their own kids, um, you know, go hella and, um, you know, surfing and all these types of things, I would rather delay my own retirement than work till I'm 65 and then realize that, you know, my hips are all beat up. It's going to be tougher for me to go to Revelstoke and get dropped out of a helicopter, right? I
2: totally am picking up what you're putting down. I'm in a similar scenario, but not quite as extreme sports as you, just because I'm chicken. (laughs) Did I hear you laugh? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I we, We'll take you up on a helicopter one time. You'll love it.
2: So stocks you're okay with in higher inflation environments and lower inflation environments. Bonds, where do you stand on bonds right now as far as retirees?
3: Well, it, it's it's tough. I, I I think that if people have a lot of cash that they're trying to get into that they know, okay, I've already got all my stocks. I need to go into fixed income. Uh, Again, you got to do a tax analysis, it might be better and easier might feel better for you to pay down or off your mortgage. Like I I did a whole podcast yesterday on talking about those issues. Bond market at two days ago is down 9% for the year. And interest rates are likely going higher. So we could get to a point of being oversold in bonds. And that's point is probably coming. But we don't know because rates are still increasing. So, you know, next segment, we can get into the, the bond side a little bit more. Looking
2: at to the bottom side the next segment. He mentioned his podcast. It's called New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google phones, Apple phones, and much, much more. It's New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com.
1: Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com.
2: Got a question in, in yesterday's show that I was slow to get to. It was late in the show, so I didn't have time to answer it. I bonds, let's talk I bonds. I bonds are inflation adjusted bonds, and when there's inflation, they're wonderful. This is the first time they've been wonderful in a long time. It brings up the question of would you rather invest in the stock market with your money right now, or would you rather infl- invest in I bonds? Let's go through what it is in, in the machinations. You decide. Have $10,000 or less sitting around that's depreciating in value as inflation literally uh, eats away at your cash. The U.S. Treasury. They may have just the tonic to make you feel a little bit better. The Treasury announced yesterday that Series I savings bond an inflation protected investment backed by the US government will pay 9.2% interest through October 2022. That's a pretty damn amazing return, except for that's what inflation's averaging. So you're just kind of keeping that $10,000 going sideways of buying power. A bond like no other, not a James bond. Oh, no, no, an I bond. Series I saving bonds are commonly known as I bonds. They have nothing to do with iPhones, iBooks, iMacs. It's just kind of a weird brand that we've given them. They pay a fixed rate of return, which is set by the Treasury Department. It serves as an inflation adjustable variable rate of return. It changes every six months, the rate of return. It changes in tandem with the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. The money that goes into the bonds is protected from inflation by one of the most credit-worthy institutions in the world, the United States government. We've always paid our bills. We take out a bond, we pay it back. We take out a war bond, we pay it back. We take out municipal bonds, we pay them back. You get the idea. Municipals are not the right one to bring up. Municipal bonds are more city or issued with the United States government or federal. So you can only get a maximum of $10,000 in I-bonds per year, though as little as $25 if you want. It must be purchased online at the portal treasurydirect.gov. Let me click on that right now. Yeah. Um, so 9.6% is what you're getting right now. You have to buy it online at treasurydirect.gov. Buyers can stretch that a little further by using their federal tax refund to buy an extra $5,000 worth of I-bonds or buying them through businesses, trusts, or estates. Even if the future of inflation goes back to normal, you still get a competitive return for inflation. The big downside on I-bonds is the purchase limit. Also, it ties up your cash and basically stops you from investing either in stocks, bonds, or real estate. You're buying something that's adjusted with inflation, which, again, in the last 10 years has wildly outperformed the markets. This year, that I-bond may beat the markets. But again, you're limited to $10,000 of purchases this year. So if you you didn't already predict this, then you didn't actually have it. Um, With that said, I will say that there's some online banks like Ally that are paying one-half of 1% now. You should probably go to something a website, um, bankrate.com, and start looking for online banks. I would prefer you have the money liquid than tied up in a treasure bond. But again, I'm not going to stop anyone from doing it. If you want to have your $10,000 appreciate at 9.6%, it's not the worst thing in the world. I-bonds do mature after 30 years so investors can earn interest on them for three decades if you cash out before five years expect a penalty the last three months of interest not bad in a year featuring the s&p 500 down by 15 percent. you can look at the i bonds as you know a, a, i don't know a pillar something that like that's that that feels good you know not losing money in the markets It's not fun to see the markets down. It's not fun opening your net worth. I get it. It's not fun opening statements on a quarterly basis, let alone on down months. But it's out there. Uh, Be a big boy and open your your paperwork. So I bonds, am I for them? Sure. The small limit on how much you can buy at a time does impede. Um, Do I think it's a place to hide out until it's safe to get back into stocks? I don't. It's the, you know, I'm starting to give some little caveats here and there, aren't I? At Amazon's drone delivery division, attrition soars, leaked documents obtained show that Amazon's ambitious prime air drone division had a 30% turnover rate in 2021 and that its drone testing team is losing more than 70% of its employees. So we may not be seeing that delivery drone anytime soon. I, I still can't get over there's just too many Americans that own guns that might think it's target practice. I don't know. It's I see a lot of problems for drones. I see a lot of kids going, "Let's let's shoot that one now with a slingshot tomorrow." Okay, it'll be a summertime project. I know you're. That's not my real concern. I just don't. It's a problem that I don't know we need solved right now. Elon Musk is going to appoint himself the Twitter CEO. He said. He's looking to double or triple your money if you buy into his vision of Twitter. He's going to take the company private for two to three years and then let private equity bring it back out. He'll probably make money on it. He's pretty good at that. A crypto billionaire's exclusive conference in the Bahamas lured people like Bill Clinton and Tom Brady, hosted by a 30-year-old Sam Bankman. The conference cost upwards of $3,000 and brought together thousands of attendees, including Bill Clinton and Tom Brady. I don't know. That tells me something negative there. Buzzy Fintech Revolt has ruled out going public in 2022 as the global IPO market has softened. It's a soft bank finance deal. They've decided to increase revenue rather than risk the same fate of Robinhood. Smart decision. When you see what's happened to Robinhood, that company's got internet roadkill written all over it. Broken. Broken. When when you're down 88, you become broken. Tech companies have donated millions to political committees that oppose abortion. Amazon alone has donated 974 thousand to anti-abortion organizations, despite its announcement it would cover up to four thousand dollars per year in travel costs for staff seeking medical treatments. Yes, this is in investment news. No, I'm not really terribly comfortable. Earnings are on deck today for Under Armour, Broadwind, and DraftKings. You can tell that we're at the tail end of earnings season at this point in time. Um, other things to note, stock futures were down. We'll see how they open up. Again, we need more volatility. To we, we need to create um, contrition. We need you know just people to give up. Will we get it? I don't know. You'll know it when it happens. You'll know darn close to when it happens. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com.
2: The index is picking up, which I think is a good sign for getting weak hands out of the market. I know it sounds horrible, but you got to go through this. Um, Fair markets are brutal. They feel like they're never going to end. This is the last bear market that we had ended in under two weeks. I mean, it felt like, oh boy, we're in for a long slog. And then like, nope. buying an opportunity came out of nowhere. That should be a lesson, not a warning. How do you prepare for a bear market? No matter how much you'd like to avoid it, if you have investments in the stock market, at some point you're going to have to confront the B word, the bear word. The bear in the market. The bear in the room, the term sends shutters down the spine of investors and people who you know, stress about money. Anxiety and bear markets don't go well together. People have fears that they can be wiped out overnight. The fear often causes investors to panic and make rash short-term decisions. Companies that I own like Google, Microsoft, Visa, Nike, do I think they'll be in business in the future? I do. I find comfort right there. Um, My risky investments like NVIDIA, I'm like, ooh, ooh, do I see it hitting an all-time high this year? I don't. Do I see them continuing dominating what they're doing? I do. Um, Graphic GPUs are super important. So try to find why you like some things, whether it be ETFs, Let's just see you on the S&P 500. What's to like about a S&P 500? Well, it hit 70 new all-time highs last year. And it's been through World War One, World War II, Nagasaki, Hiroshima. It's been through massive inflation, deflation, economic booms, busts, 9-11. Been through mad cow disease, Ebola bird flu, you name it, it's been through it. You see, like we regularly have upsetting events. That's how you get ready for a bear market. You find like what you own and you go, I feel comfortable. I wouldn't feel comfortable, for instance, in Bitcoin right now. It doesn't have enough of a track record for me to say that it can't break. The thing that I still have the big problem with Bitcoin is you can buy it, but you can't short it. So that just kind of creates who you're going to sell it to next kind of market. I don't like that. What is a bear market? Let's start by defining what a bear market is. There's a lot of misconceptions about bears. The definition of a bear market is when securities drop 20% in value from their recent highs. Generally speaking, the S&P 500 is the benchmark for a bear market. That 20% number is arbitrary. If you take a look at some sectors within sectors of technology, Companies that are earning money, the unicorns, they've been hit to the tune of 80%, many of them. Nobody really knows who came up with the 20% number. There's no history tracing it back. You can trace the history back of terms on Wall Street, like bear and bull market, but you can't trace back the 20%. Well, that's equals a bear market. I, I don't know why. There's no hard, fast rule you could have one market sector hitting all-time highs while another one might go down 20% or more. So sometimes you have sector bear markets. Same with asset classes. Right now, the stock market is in a bear market or heading towards a bear market on the S P 500, the NASDAQ market. When housing hits a bear market, will the NASDAQ be at an all-time high? It's a really interesting question. There's something called stealth bear markets. Now, you know, if you ever get hit by a bear, a full-grown mama bear, you're a dead man. That's going to knock you apart. Um, So just because the S&P 500 may not be down 20%, your portfolio could be. So there's stealth bear markets, which is just a really odd little thing to think about. Or you could see things like commodities. They're not in a bear market. They're hitting highs. <clears throat> Oil, as a sector, is not in a bear market, any way, shape, or form. How long do bear markets last? <clears throat> Tell me how long it's going to be painful, Robert. Bear markets occur regularly. There's been 26 bear markets in the S&P 500 since 1928. There's been 27 bull markets. Stocks have generally risen over the long-term. Bear markets tend to be short-lived. The average length of a bear market is 289 days, also known as 9.6 months. is significantly shorter than the average length of a bull market, which is typically it goes up for 991 days or 2.7 years. Bear markets happen once in every about 1.4 years from 1928 to 1945. Once every 1.4 years, now it's once every 5.4 years. So they used to be very, very common when things were very thinly traded. Half of the S&P 500's strongest days in the last 20 years occurred during a bear market. Another 34% of the market's best days took place the first two months of a bull market, bear market. There's a lot of volatility when you go down on the upside, and there's a lot of volatility up when you go down. You don't want to miss those days. How do you invest in a bear market? You get diversified. You get comfortable in things that you pick. If you try to time the stock market, when you get in, when do you get out? When do you get back in? Think of investors who sold near the bottom of COVID-19 or the financial crisis who never got back into the markets. Um, it's a huge opportunity lost. I stay mostly invested during uh, down markets. I have looked at my portfolio numerous times in the last two to three months, and I've determined that I'm comfortable with what I own. Uh, Things that I was uncomfortable with, I might've trimmed or cut back on. If this bear market lasts, what is the average length right now? Hundred and 9.6 months. I I, I can live with that. So again, when you take a look at the history of the last couple of bear markets from 220 to 320, down 34%, then it was up 114%. Back in 2007, 2009, the market went down 52%, and then it went up 401%. In 2000, 2002, it went down 49%. Then it went up 99%. Back in 1990, you had a bear market that went down for three months, down 20%. And then went up for 155%. Now, again, past performance is not indicative of future returns. It's a little burger rise, pretty much new stocks ever mentioned on the show. But you shouldn't be freaked out by bear markets. I'm not going to tell you what you feel. You feel you. We'll leave it at that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, if you're not prepared, and this has caught you by surprise, um, work with a financial professional as you get closer to 55, 60, 65, for sure. I highly endorse it. I do it myself. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
2: I've got my summer vacations planned. I can tell you Ticketmaster stock should be going up, up, up. I don't know if that's fair to say or not. Uh, Based on what I'm planning and where I'm going to be spending some money airlines and airbnbs should do nicely um ticketmaster is an interesting company because when you look at them they are a perfect play right now on reopening because they've raised prices a lot and i don't see that ever coming back down not sure if you do um but I think it's definitely out there as a reopening theme. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Let's talk about some life events, college savings and college saving plans. I work for EP Wealth and I was getting a notebook set up yesterday and I was talking to a young guy who does everything remotely, makes sure all the software is right, changing the server environment. And uh, I said, how much did he make a year? Because he was like really good at his job. And we're just doing this remote through a Zoom call and give him control of the laptop so he can change the settings. Took about 30 to 40 minutes. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm an independent contractor. I, you know, uh, he makes a lot, lives outside of Boston, really happy with his choice. And I said, uh, how many of your coworkers have college degrees? And he's like, almost none of them. He he, he goes, I'm the weirdo with a college degree. And he's got different levels of training. I'm sure you know this with computer technicians. But he said, most people start around 60, depending on if you're living in like big cities or if you're in like the depths of Oklahoma doing your tech work. And he said, the the certifications mean a lot. If you can get like Amazon web certification, that's like one of the highest where you're gonna be making 100,000 plus. And I'm like, so, you know, a couple of people who've done this without college degrees. I guess, oh, absolutely. Because now what's interesting is the technical schools on computer training to be an IT specialist. Because you know, sometimes the, the schools are more expensive, but it's also a much better environment because you're going to get a career and the teachers know that you're going to get a career. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to go find myself and read poetry and, you know, not grow up until I have to. The college years. One of the areas that I'm fascinated with money is, we're all so different. Looking at my 20s and my 30s, whoa. And then looking at first marriage versus second marriage. um, I think you come back into it a second time with a lot of different thoughts. What assets are you bringing to the partnership versus let's build something together? Are you bringing homes, investments, retirement accounts? Are you paying child support from a previous marriage? Do you have children? Do they have children? Where do the financial obligations begin for you and end with you? Is there a tricky custodial or situation that could involve extensive legal or travel expenses? I I know someone whose parents divorced right now. She's a young woman, 13, 14 years old. And every other weekend she has to fly to go see dad. That's not cheap. She had to do it during COVID with, you know, mask issues, right? Um, credit scores. It's one of the more interesting parts of my job is that I get to talk about credit scores. And I find that to be a really sexy Friday night date in your 20s. Like, let's find out a little bit more about you and see what your credit score has to tell us. How many jobs you've had, where have you had the jobs? Pull your full credit report. It's fantastic to look at. It's like looking at your social security card, um, not your social security card, but if you go to SS.gov, social security.gov, um, SSA.gov, I'm sorry, my head's discombobulated today. And you can see like what you made when you were 16 years old. And I was like, dang, man, I've been working. Okay, now pull out the abacus. I've been working 36, 37 years. It's like, whoa. Um, since I started when I was 14 my first taxable income pretty nuts to see and that year i probably made like twenty two hundred dollars it's just friday nights and saturday nights kind of thing if one individual is paying alimony or child support their former spouse could potentially claim for higher payments based on the improved financial status so if you marry up it can change payouts in your second marriage to your first marriage whether well, a significant age gap between the two spouses and the older one has adult children. Is there any chance in the future of the new spouse, the grown children may contest who stands to inherit the assets? Yeah, there is. That's something you should get a lot of clarity on. I was reading about Tucker Carlson. There's a biography on him that just, someone just did an origin story on him. He's one of those, you know, uh, TV characters were like, what, where did he come from? What is this bow tie? And I was reading up on him and uh, he had a situation where his mom completely disinherited him and his brother said you're going to inherit millions of dollars and then took it away and gave it to the husband. The kid sued and said, no, 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 no. This is what she really meant. I find those kind of stories fascinating, like uh, grandparents who you have a falling out with. Uh, I've seen it sadly and pathetically myself when. People get older, they really become very judgmental on kids. And they cut them out of the wills. They don't like the way she handled this. You know, they, your kid has no manners. They handled that. And people are taken of the will because mom and dad or grandma and granddad got crotchy and old. I tell you, there's this job has no shortage of entertainment. Um, who's paying for the education of someone else's kids? And... Getting a second marriage with children involved is probably the trickiest financial issue I've seen. And I've seen it done very, very well. And I've seen it done very, very poorly. When you get together for a second marriage, have you decided going in, you know, what the financial situation is? Um, I know a woman in my family who, not blood, her first husband produced the child. The second husband produced the good-looking husband and the good-looking husband with a great job. And then he quit his job and he's never really gotten it back eight, nine years later. So he became a uh, bachelor number two, has a good looks and a good job. And then when you marry him, bachelor number two turns into a toad and kind of starts getting chubby and doesn't have the great job that he used to have. Like, uh, if I wasn't planning on that, was I? So I, that's one of the things I really like about this industry is getting to know clients and getting to know individuals and where they are in their lives and trying to life coach them as much as helping them with financial planning issues. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. If you want to work with me, you can find me online at Rob Black Show. Drop me an email rob at com. I've got some great videos and the best work that I'm doing right now at YouTube. My Monday interview with Adam Phillips goes up on Tuesday. It's 15 minutes long. I think you'll like it if you check it out at YouTube and then type in Rob Black Show.
1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.